Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the Banty's as ferocious as that Colorado USC game, man. Man, Shadour Sanders almost brought them back, but it just it wasn't enough. And Caleb Williams and the USC, you know, Tigers, they roll out with that victory. What could have been, what could have been, but hey, Primetime's still alive. They're doing okay. You know, they, they probably wish they had that comeback. Would have been nice for them, but it is what it is in the end. Hey, man. I mean, a lot of people think USC is one of, like, the five best teams in the country. So Caleb Williams is, you know, on the, the top of Mahomes Mountain on Nick's tiers on on uh, FS1. So, uh, yeah, you know, he's a college kid, and he's a, he's already better than all the NFL quarterbacks, according to, like, one of the biggest sports pundits in the world. So, yeah, man. Big, big proclamations. Because, like, you just never know with these kids. Everyone thought, you know, Bryce Young was going to be better than C.J. Stroud, and look how well that's turned out for everyone. People, people just want to have the right clip where they just say something and then they're absolutely right, you know, a couple years down the line. They'll throw haymakers into the wind, right? Absolutely, man. I mean, when there's no accountability for being as absolutely wrong as they are sometimes, I mean, I take big swings too. Yeah, yeah but uh, I mean, then I'm, over here, I'm over here to rip on you, much like you're over here to rip on me when we make those decisions. But you got a victory this week, Matt. You got an NFL take, right? You're back to the top of the mountain. We're happy for you. Thanks, man. I'll probably throw it away with my take later, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, you know, week five in the NFL is pretty good. Uh, we're like almost over or about a third of the way through the season, just under here. Um, and there are some really great games this week. You know, um, I really think that the, the Sunday night football game, everybody's excited about, obviously, Dallas versus the 49ers, uh, the history, the rivalry, the fact that the 49ers are undefeated. Dallas should be undefeated, but they lost to the Cardinals, um, which is like such a Dallas move to do. Uh, <laughs> yep. So we'll see. It's like a battle of the league's best defenses. Uh, can Brock Purdy really kind of take over and, and actually come through when the, the chips are down against a good team? The kid's undefeated in games that he started and finished, but... A lot of people don't believe in him. Count me as one of those who kind of believes in him. I think he's definitely like a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Like the guy was almost perfect last week and everyone's like, oh, it's just the system. He's still got to throw the ball, you know, 21 out of 22 times. You got to have so, a little bit of hope at the end of the day, right? He's got to have some talent. Like we've seen guys, you know, absolutely implode with a lot of talent around them. I mean, heck, look at Joe Burrows and the talent that's around him right now. I mean, I know he has a calf injury, but he's not playing very well. Yeah, and he's got all the talent in the world, man. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Those fans are not happy. Hey, man. I mean, like they are the Cincinnati Bengals and they've been good for the last two seasons. So like that's more than they've gotten in the last 40 years before that. So this is, hey, this is the classic yeah. struggle, right? You get good. You, you get up there. Fans get they can beat their chests. And sometimes you're there, there's the other part of your fan base. That's like, guys, quiet down, please. We don't we don't need this kind of attention right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, Cincinnati fans, they deserve what they what they've gotten over the last few years. Who knows? I mean, they started off pretty poorly last year. I think they were two and four through the first six games. So, like, this isn't too too much worse. One and three, maybe they'll maybe they'll pull it back. I do think though that like having an injured Joe Burrows is really kind of their their major issues. But you're pulling me away from the games of the week here, Kevin. We're trying to keep this sorry. this, this I'm quick. Sorry. Uh, another really good one that I'm interested in watching is uh, Philadelphia versus the Rams. Uh, the Rams have been. A surprising team this year most people thought they were going to be pretty bad you know last year they were pretty bad and after a year removed from the super bowl 
Um, but this kid, Puka Nakua, man, he's really stepped up in Cooper Cup's absence. He's shattering like all rookie receiving records, and it's not even close. Um, yeah, this kid is just he's like Cooper Cup reincarnated. It's it's kind of wild that they they nailed both of these draft picks at wide receiver. Just works out sometimes. Yeah. And I gotta say, Matt, I'm proud of you. Nailed nailed that name right there. You know, considering some of the some of the butchery <laughs> that you've done in the early days of this Over podcast. The years? You you crushed it right there. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. But I'm I'm interested to see if the Rams can actually hold up against the Eagles. And if the Eagles can actually get like a, a solid win under their 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 belt. I'm they've been kind of squeaking by lately, but hey, 4 0 is 4 0. Um I think this one's gonna be a banger just because it always is. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh two defensive teams that just kind of beat up on each other. Though they've kind of gone in different directions. Baltimore's more of a an offensive team now with uh, Lamar Jackson and Pittsburgh's still staying with that defense because Kenny Pickett, man, he looked atrocious. Yikes. Um, yeah, I bought into the P- Kenny Pickett hype this summer, and I wish I had a refund, that's for sure. <laughs> um, um, my Super Bowl pick against my other Super Bowl pick in Kansas City versus Minnesota. Um, we'll see how that turns out. Kirk Cousins, though, has been playing so well, I'm, I'm and the Kansas City Chiefs haven't. So I've got, like, hope there that, like, it's going to be a very competitive, close game. Justin Jefferson's always fun to watch. Gotta love that. Um, and then Buffalo versus Jacksonville. Can uh, Josh Allen beat the Prince overseas? That's going to be a big one. Uh, Prince is pretty good overseas. He did win there last week and, you know, primed to do it again. Some big games, some big names happening. You know half of America is tuning in because, I mean, we, we went over it quickly. But the Kansas City Swifties? No, I, I won't go too sorry, far buddy. into it. No, 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 don't be sorry. I'm just, I still can't believe that this this massive world-changing event is happening because taylor swift is at football games it's just amazing to see bro last week she brought blake lively hugh jackman and ryan reynolds like pretty sick (laughs) that's a that's a sweet box to be in if you got in got a chance to be up there so yeah kind of kind of crazy what she's doing i mean she has more social media followers than the nfl does yeah. So it makes sense for the NFL to really lean into that kind of marketing. She has such a wide reach. You're going to bring in a ton of different fans, just like Dion has done for, for college football, bringing in all these new fans. Yeah. She's going to do the same for football. So it's kind of a cool year, you know? It's, it's exciting to see, you know, crossover mashups, all these events. Like, I, I ain't going to be against it. You know, I got 11 year old ski racers that are just like, wait, she's dating a football player? Their whole world is, is like shattered because of it. So it's just, it's fun to see the the different effects of life that, that seem to be taken over by it. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's really cool to see the, the, the kind of crossover there. But you know what, man? I'm going to give you my top 10. We haven't done it yet this year. Um, I'm feeling good about it. You know, okay. five, five weeks having watched quite a bit of the NFL. Um, but we're going to start at number 10 with a, a surprise team. Um, your boy Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think, you know, Baker's really proving that he is a starting quarterback in this league. I've always kind of thought he was. Um, you don't get the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs after they won one yeah. out of 30 games before you got there without being somewhat decent, right? Like, and I think he's good. I think he's got the best wide receivers he's ever had. And that team is rolling. That defense is, was good, you know, a few years ago, and people expected it to continue to be good. They look like a, you know, a real team and good for Baker for, for getting his job back. They haven't really beat too many people, but you know, they've got some quality wins on their, on their schedule. So I'll, I'll slot them in at number 10, man. Three and one's got to do that for you. 
it's number 10 you don't have to go big you know you just have to show up at this point dude it was the hardest spot to put in because i like i was thinking tennessee i was thinking you know pittsburgh i was thinking green bay no i i like tampa bay and what they're doing i'm gonna i'm gonna put them there um a team that like you know most people have as the darling because of the geno smith story is the seattle seahawks and they're they're coming in at number nine man because they have been playing some really good ball of late they absolutely dominated the giants not that like not everybody dominates the Giants, but uh, the, it was it was a beatdown. And so I'll give Seattle credit for that and, and keep them at number nine. You gonna say something? I just I feel bad for the Giants. I'm I'm just I'm keeping myself down over here. We'll we'll, we'll come back to it in a few weeks if it keeps up. Hey buddy, Saquon's on the fantasy team, so I need them to do something. <laughs> and speaking about my fantasy team, my fantasy quarterback in Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens coming in hot at number eight. They've been kind of shaky, but they're winning. Um, so I like, you know, I like what they're doing. I like Lamar Jackson. I think that, you know, they're going to start getting better. They seem to be a wide receiver away. Like Rashad Bateman and Odell are just not it, even though Zay Flowers is playing out of his mind. Um, and they've got Mark Andrews, which is a great, great tight end. It gives you that, that league advantage. Um, coming in at number seven, the Dallas Cowboys, man. Um when you lose to the Arizona Cardinals, like I can't put you in the in the top air <laughs> in the top five here. Um, so they've got some really good quality wins. I mean, they also beat up on the Giants forty to nothing in Week One. That defense has looked legit, kind of less so now that Trayvon Diggs is hurt. Uh, so that's why they're there, and that's why Detroit's actually ahead of them because I I have more faith in Jared Goff and that offense with Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery over uh, Jameer Gibbs, which is really weird for me. Um, and that defense, Aiden Hutchinson should have been the number one overall pick uh, last year. Jacksonville missed out, man. It's probably why they're not in the top 10 right now. <laughs> and that, that hurts for a young Jacksonville team to see that too, eh? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, to they, they went off board with the Georgia kid. They definitely should have gone with Aiden Hutchinson if they weren't sold. Um, and then, like, I think these five teams... They kind of are all jostling, really, uh, but they're they're clear separation from the league for me. Uh, so I'll go number five with the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, haven't been playing their best ball, but they're four and zero. So they're when you're just, not playing your best and you're winning, like you'll click, you'll click. I've seen just, Jalen Hurts as well. They're just kind of always there at this point, you know. The Eagles, they're just kind of hovering around. They never really go away. So you know, deservingly so. Yeah, yeah. No, man, I I think that they like through four games they've looked way worse than they were last year but they're still 4-0 so what are you what are you gonna do about that yeah <laughs> a team that lost their first game this weekend miami coming in at number four i mean that offense is legit uh we'll see once they pl start playing some some really good opponents though because buffalo did handle them and that's why buffalo comes in at number three for me yeah. um and then the two teams that you know most people would probably put in the super bowl i've got kansas city at number two and the san francisco 49ers at number one when Christian McCaffrey is doing what he's doing, man, like he might be the league MVP this year, which is kind of nutty for a running back. I don't think it's happened since like 2012 when Adrian Peterson did it. Wow. So he's on on pace to break all of the stats that Adrian Peterson put up that year. So yeah, he's he's good, man. Okay, San Francisco okay. 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, like they've got my respect from from the years that they've been doing it. That's why, you know, even Philadelphia, that's why they're in the top five, even with their shaky play. So, yeah, that's my top 10. I think uh, it's pretty solid. I don't think it's going to change around much. I really don't think the NFL has that much shift this year. 
You've laid it down. You're pretty confident. We'll uh, we'll check back in on it. I like what I see, though, Matt. I like what I see. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Now that we're done with football, I mean, basketball is back. Dude. They've opened up training camps. Have you been watching, you know, the Maasai press conferences, the Darko, the Scotty, the Pascal? I mean, give me all that content, please. You've you've got to listen to it right now because we're we're at this point. The Raptors are at a turning point. We're coming into the season with a lot of questions, but with a lot of new hope. And yeah, Masai kind of you know he came out and he he knocked around a little bit talking about selfishness, talking about not playing the right way. And as the GM, he kind of has to you know he he has to lay down the law at this point because if it rinses and repeats to last season, this team is in a lot of trouble. But when you think about what else you're hearing from Darko, from Scotty, from from the rest of this squad, the fact that they are going hard in their scrimmage games and they're having a lot of fun, the the one v ones, the videos that I've been seeing of people just shooting back and forth, like I'm a happy Raptors fan right now, Matt. I'm a happy fan for sure. Yeah, man. No, I think that you know the content that's coming out is really good. I think the the talk about you know, we're going to be pretty much positionless one through four and, and play with that true center, which, you know, thank goodness that we actually have in, in Yak. Um, so I think that it's going to it's going to really help out our roster. And I think it's going to be a good season, man. I don't know, you know, how high the ceiling is, but seeing Scotty Barnes come back to camp, watching him kind of tower over Precious Achua. Yeah. He's apparently 6'11", 240 now, like, that is a big man and watching him knock down the 14 threes the other day in a row, like man's got a nice shot. Like he could do some real damage in year three and I'm, I'm here for it, man. I think uh, I was listening to him talk and he talked about, you know, dominating in little spurts last year and trying to put it together for the whole game. So mm-hmm. if we can get that kind of Scotty, man, look out league. Cause I think that, like we could actually be a top five team in the East. It would be crazy, and you know we we definitely have the the rubber band type of season where it could go one way or it could go another if it all comes together or not. And I think starting with Scotty is the right place to go because he is going to be that focal point. Yes, Pascal is still here; he's going to still do what he does. But everything we're hearing about where this roster is going to go and what Darko wants to do, it puts Scotty in the center of it all, and he looks big. He looks ready the way he's talking about the rest of the squad what he wants to do like we know that he's had these feelings and these ways to want to play before but i think that darko's actually gonna unlock and enable that to happen and so i'm i'm looking forward to to year three scotty and if he can really make the leap that he needs to because we can't deny the fact that a sophomore slump happened for this guy and whether or not it was all of the negative dynamic of what was going on in the team or whether or not it was just his play, we have to admit that it happened. So he's got to step up and I think he's ready for it. No, man, I think that you're, you nailed it. I think Scotty hasn't been allowed to play the game that he wants to play. I think he, he likes team basketball. He is a big facilitator. Um, we have had one of the the lowest percentage of, of, field goals that were assisted on you know over the yeah. last few years nick nurse's offense is very very static very isolation heavy and what it sounds like the complete opposite uh is what darko is going to be doing this year it's consistent ball movement it's it's everybody taking shots it's playing for one another to get the best shot as opposed to you know hoping siakam bails us out you know and i think that's going to help unlock a little bit for for scotty i think it's going to help unlock stuff for og 
Um, and even, you know, a guy like Precious off the bench is going to get more of a, an opportunity to show what he can do. And I think that that's great for this roster. I think it's great for the development of these younger guys. And I'm here for it, man. If they can click, if we can get Precious back to two years ago after the All-Star break, Precious and, right. and Scotty and Hard, like, I have real good faith in this team to to put up some some decent numbers, man. And, like, that over-under of 37 wins, like, I think we should smash it if, if it all goes right. I mean, that's exactly it, right? And how many, I mean, how many times when we're coming into a season after a bad season, we look at that over-under and we're just like, <laughs> what are they thinking? What are they doing right here? But no, there's there's a lot of ways for things to go. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of names that I think are going to have a lot of options. Like I look at Precious and Boucher as two of those options that can come into that one through four rotation on the, you know, lower end of things and really be beneficial if Scotty's having one of those, you know, playmaking games and, on the other hand, you know, Jakob Pertl, to to bring him back, just lastly, like, how good is it going to feel to have a veteran center presence like him over the next few years? Because he's locked in and he wants to be here. Like, as much as the trade is not a good trade in the end of the day, because we probably could have got him in the offseason, yada, yada, let's not think about that. What he is going to provide as a potential leader, as a presence, as a gap, you know, a connection point between what he has with Pascal and, and being a, an old vet technically for all of these young guys, I think he's going to be fantastic. And I'm happy that Yak is still back <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I think it also gives Coloco the opportunity to get more run in the G league uh, to watch how an, an NBA, you know, center handles his business on a day-to-day -day ba basis. And, you know, I think it's, it's only beneficial to have him in the lineup and, I would agree that like especially if that pick ends up at like seven and we we have to transfer that over, it's gonna be really unfortunate. Yeah. But hey, that pick's in the in the twenties for Jakob Pertle. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, we're we're going with that youth movement, but hey, he's not I don't even think he's 30 yet. So we got time. That's good. And, Ooh, and to comment Gucci. on Coloco real quick as well, you know, he apparently is out indefinitely right now with respiratory issues he's still been in struggling with that so you know we're we're sending all the best to that guy hoping he does well and hoping he can have a a safe happy healthy recovery with you know whatever continues to ail him because we like the guy we want to see him continue and we want to have him have that opportunity under yak to build and grow which i mean everything we're hearing about darko it's it's fun because people will ask darko the questions of you know youth development and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa. it's it's development it's not just for the youth it's for everybody it's for every guy on the roster and you know and mm -hmm. to see a coach that is willing to lean in and be a part of each and every player in whatever way that could potentially benefit them is is kind of exciting you know it is really cool to see how the players feel about darko about how they really like his energy and what he brings and it gives me those good feelings right to have obviously we have this butterfly effect going on this new this new honeymoon phase but I'm hoping that it's not just this honeymoon phase. I'm hoping that it's just a bunch of guys that are getting together with the right mindset and excited for a new opportunity. That's where I'm going. Yeah, man. And and like I think he's stressed um, throughout his press conference into the media, it's a really long season. So he wants to utilize all of the guys. Um, he doesn't want to wear them down. And so, you know, going to 10, 11 guys deep on a nightly basis is going to be a very, very welcome change for this team. Um, it'll hopefully keep Seattle pressure, um, OG, Scotty, and those guys so that, you know, when it comes to crunch time, that's when we can lock in and really beat teams. Because I, 
man, I still remember at the beginning of last year when there was all this hope and we wouldn't be playing well. But then for the last five minutes of the game, we'd lock yep. in and we would dominate. Like, I remember that Nets game early on and we were, you know, we lacked a daysical. We weren't really playing. Last five minutes, we were down, you know, 20 and we locked in and we we almost beat them. And that was a Nets team that still had all that hope with KD, Kyrie and, and James Harden. So it's a it's a crazy, crazy idea. Um, but I think this team could be good, man. I honestly, you know, if we could get them to play 48 minutes of, of really solid team basketball, that's all that we're looking for. And I think that the development will just come and internal growth will just happen. We're, we're excited for it. We're looking at this preseason game against the Kings on Sunday. There's not going to be too much to, you know, take apart because again, preseason, you know, Malachi Flynn went off in preseason. Let's not freak out. Uh, but it's going to be fun to see what could potentially happen to see the type of options and lineups that Darko's going to make happen. Like mm-hmm. we're in for a fun season. We're locked in and we're ready. That's about it for Raptors for me, Matt. You want to take a quick peek around the rest of the league and talk about a few things that have changed a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can start with the the trade that, well, the player that we knew was going to get traded immediately, Drew Holiday. Um, and he goes to the Celtics, man. Apparently Miami put in a bid for him, but again, lost out. So ending up in, in Boston, it's kind of a great replacement for, for Marcus Smart, you know, who they lost over the summer, who they traded away. Um, losing Malcolm Brogdon and Rob Williams, Time Lord, like, I think that for me is the biggest one is is Time Lord because he he might be their most important cog on defense and it was really defense that got them to the the championship two years ago and like last year you could see that leaning into the offense wasn't necessarily their bread and butter to getting there and that's why they lost to Miami so I thought that was a weird move. I mean everything you say is how I've felt the past few weeks when I think about, especially back to the Porzingis trade and now what they've doing. But there's a part of me that has that, that other side of it that I think is growing. The idea that, you know, Boston actually finally kind of did it. They moved their chips around and they have on paper an insane lineup if it works out, right? With what Drew can provide as that point guard. Because he's, he's better than smart for sure. I think he yeah. is. I think he is. His overall game. And the yeah. other side of the coin, Drew Holiday versus Damian Lillard. What an interesting matchup now. Like, the Bucks definitely are not happy that Drew Holiday has gone to their biggest rival in the Celtics. And it, it, there are still question marks, right? Like, the the backcourt depth of the Celtics is is, you know, one bad fall away from being non-existent. Right, if Al hey, and Chris, Richard's pretty good. I'm, sorry, I meant the front court. My apologies. I'm talking sorry. about the big guys here. This, this, this is where I'm, I'm going wrong. That, that's my bad. But when you think about Al Horford and when you think about Kristaps, right? If both of those goes, guys go down, what do they really have at this point? And those guys, one of them is 37, and the other has a history of being injured. So I get where they're coming from, and if they can stay healthy and make it work, Boston is a scary team on paper. But I'm still with you in what you said, man. Losing the Williams, losing Marcus Smart, like they're in a and weird place, Brogdon. Boston. And and Brogdon, yeah, definitely. So you know, like those are like all players who played key minutes for them last year. And Chris Stapps is injury prone. He's also their only guy, I think, over six ten on the roster. I think Jason Tatum is like the other guy who's six <laughs> ten. Yeah. And he's your star. He's a wing. Um, so I think it it'll be interesting. Um 
maybe this fits more of Joe Missoula and Brad Stevens' philosophy for the team now sure. since Ime's left, moving away from that, you know, defense to offense. But again, I I just, you know, I would lean into what got me, you know, a couple games away from an NBA championship. Yeah. You know, if they hadn't imploded against Golden State, I think that they easily could have walked away with that championship. Uh, that pedigree just kind of didn't, wasn't there and, and Golden State's shown through. So personally, I think it's a, like, it's more of a sideways move. I don't think it improves their roster all that much. I don't think it improves their chances. Um, I think that like Milwaukee's still the clear favorite in the East to me, yep. but like it's Boston, then Philly, and then maybe the Cavs kind of. So I think, I think Drew, the rest of the East is open. Yeah. I think Drew's going to do great with Boston. I think that yeah. it's going to be, he's a great fit, but there's the, the other side of the coin is the question mark, but yeah, man, training camps are open. These teams are showing up players in Jersey. We're seeing all these great moments. Seeing seeing that picture of Damian Lillard surrounded by talent is pretty crazy. Honestly, he made he makes the joke. I've never been in a picture like this. It's like, well, <laughs> this is this is what it looks like, man, to go all in for for a championship. Like we're, oh, I'm still geez. super excited for him in the Bucks. I can't lie. No, man. I think obviously that's the biggest move of the off season, and that's going to be really the the championship tilter here. Um, it should be Milwaukee versus Denver. I think that should be the finals, but Hey, um, you know, some people will say LA, some people will say, you know, the Phoenix suns, but I'm sticking, you know, probably Giannis versus uh, Jokic, which is amazing. And also the fact that Lillard said that like, you know, he came out and said that he was going to be the second best player on this team. Like he acknowledged that he's going to be on a team where they, yep. they have a, a better player. Um, that that's great for the hierarchy. That's great for the system, whether he truly believes that or is just saying it like, doesn't matter but it's good for the media to hear it's good for the the locker room internally and at the end of the day we all know who's going to close games and and Damian Lillard knows who's going to close the game if it's a tight game it isn't Giannis sorry we all love Giannis but it was Chris Middleton before him and Chris Middleton is nowhere near the closer that Damian Lillard is so yeah it's going to be Dame Dalla at at crunch time and, and Giannis for the the first 46. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's exciting and you know when you think about bucks versus denver they really do have the two archetypes on each side of the best version of two star players that are so polar opposites in what they do but can work so well together and, and that's why they're probably both sit on top of the mountain when, when we come to the end of this season and matt won't be surprised i won't be surprised some some pundits will be surprised but that that's just how the world works and we will see Quick, quick thing about Denver, though, is that I've never seen somebody so upset to come back to the NBA. <laughs> I've seen Nikola Jokic. <laughs> and also when they asked if he had a great summer and he goes, no, it's probably the worst summer because I had to play two and a half months longer. <laughs> like, you're just like, bro, do you even like your job? Like, now that he's won a championship, is he just going to be like, yeah, fine, I'm done. <laughs> like, I retire. Nobody can can talk crap to me. <laughs> it's it's definitely possible, and I I love that you know my comment of you know Nikola Jokic will one day disappear. We will never see him again. They're gonna have to climb you know a mountain to the backcountry to bring this guy. His hey, you've made the Hall of Fame. Like he's just yeah. a guy who's really good at basketball who just wants to hang out with his horses. Like it's one of the greatest stories in sports. Honestly, it's so good, dude. It's so weird, but it's so funny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's making me 
so much money, forty million dollars, and it's it's a job for him. Like everybody else is like, I'm playing a kid's game for a living. I love it, and he's like, Oh, work. What am I doing? I don't get my. I, I need like my four months. I need my four months of summer. Come on. Yeah. Okay, but last thing about training camp, you know, I feel like we have to bring up Harden. You know, guys looking pretty good. He showed up. He still wants out. I don't want to put too many words to it because at this point it doesn't matter. You know, this is going to be a saga. I don't expect it to end anytime soon, you know. Bye-bye, Harden. I don't, like, your career was not that impressive to me. I know you won scoring championships. I know you won MVPs, but they were all kind of grifter-style cheating the rules, so I'm happy. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) At this point, I won't be surprised if he goes the way of Kemba, right? Like, just, like at a certain point and then all of a sudden it's like well you just what you want to do is just just can't work anymore and it's a different version because obviously Kemba with injuries and this but it's like yeah it's totally plausible that in two years no one's talking about james harden in the nba it's totally possible no absolutely man and uh it's kind of wild man he's definitely gonna end up in the hall of fame i just wish he wouldn't (laughs) okay so last thing of the day uh got up early no not actually early they played at 10 o'clock my time there was basketball today matt to open the abu dhabi games let's not get into that whole conversation but we got some basketball we got the mavericks we got the t-wolves it was a fun little event you know luca put in 25 points in 17 minutes like some stupid three-point shots where he's just like yeah what do you want me to do i'm luka Doncic." like it was a fun it was a fun experience better than Kyrie's two points in 13 (laughs) hey man (laughs) <laughs> looking at the box score you know thinking about how at one point in the third quarter this crowd was cheering for we want Kyrie. i'm thinking to myself was this before or after he put in two points on terrible shooting because when i look at that One's box six. score it don't look good for Kyrie. no man he uh he didn't have a great game but you know minnesota came through in the end beat beat dallas not that it like really matters it's preseason man uh just nice to see the boys get back out there and if this is like any indication of what Luke is going to look like this year, I mean, we already know he's going to be an MVP candidate. If you have watched basketball in the past three years and you don't think Luka Doncic is an MVP candidate year in, year out, you're crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) And and I will mention, you know, I think Grant Williams looked really comfortable. You know, he he may have only shot two or seven from three, but that's the only shots he took. But he played great defense. He looks like he's going to fit in well and going to be a useful piece that the Mavericks can absolutely use right now when you think about their situation. And on the the Timberwolves side of things, like, I don't know what to say about this team. You know, they're decent. They look okay. But I don't understand how Cat and Gobert are going to work in the long run. I just Their age keeps going down. Gobert is great. But Cat is just—is Cat a selfish player? And should I have asked that question earlier? Like, I just don't know, man. And Anthony Edwards, like, I don't—he really didn't even play in this game. So here we are. Bro, Cat's gonna change the league when he's done retired. You know, everyone's gonna talk about how he changed the game. So don't, don't. You know, personally, I trade Cat. I get like a ton of assets. I'm stuck with Gobert. I get a ton of assets. I build around Anthony Edwards and about a defensive center. Perfect. And- done. And it's not even a bad decision because the better choice beside Anthony Edwards is a player of the archetype of Rudy Gobert. So yeah, whole nother conversation. More but... of a defensive dollar. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need the extra offense that Cap brings because Anthony Edwards is going to dominate that side of the ball anyways. So yeah, I mean, completely different conversation. We get into it, but <laughs> yeah, we got we got time. There, there's there's games around the corner. We're back into October. It's crazy. 
NBA basketball is like 20 something days away or 19 days away, maybe 20 days away actually. Either way, we're looking forward to it. We can't wait. I know I am. I'm 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 jacked up for it. Yeah, man. I mean, NHL season's starting on uh, Wednesday, so hey, like you know, we're we're back in the swing of things. It's it's awesome. And of course, uh, you know, the last preseason game Montreal played, they played against Toronto. They had to come back and beat them after being down four two. You know, and three one. Just the way of, way of the world. I was Montreal I was telling Toronto. that I was working a concert sound. Sound guy had the game on the on the on the screen. I got to listen to a concert while watching. You know the Leafs once again lose. It was great. Uh, last but not least, I'll mention the Jays absolutely fumbling out of the postseason. Why? Why would you mention? That? I'm sorry, but it needs to be mentioned because I've heard a lot of people are very upset about this, and so well, I feel like I need to bring it. What are you doing, buddy? Getting picked off with the bases like two on, two out, like. Oh, and we need offense. Whatever. Whatever, man. It's <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Just <laughs> give me your predictions. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. So basketball season, we got games back. I would feel wrong to not do a prediction. October 9th, we've got Wembignana. We've got the Spurs. We've got OKC. Like you'll hear future down the road when I talk about a potential rookie of the year upset, I'm expecting Chet Holmgren to show up and put up more points than Wemby. I think he's going to be the surprise of that game. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be tuned in for sure. All right, man. I mean, like, you know, he was supposed to be one of the rookies of the year last year. He did get hurt. So Mm -hmm. be a big, big time for him. We'll see. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to go back to the NFL because, you know, that's really where the games are happening. And I'm going to take another shot at this, man. I'm going Minnesota over Kansas City this weekend. I can feel it in my bones i just know that kansas city's been kind of sputtering um they didn't play well against the jets they've been squeaking by minnesota they're gonna overlook them and i think justin jefferson's gonna have a huge day with kirk cousins and yeah i'm gonna take minnesota over over kansas city the power of t swift can only exist for so long we'll see matt we will see hey man she's gonna run into kirk cousins (laughs) out of fire you know all right anything else this week my friend no, man, I think you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.